Hi, I'm Andrea Tallison, an anti-diet intermittent fasting coach, and this is the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast. My mission is to provide women who want the health benefits of intermittent fasting with the community, resources, and coaching they need to not feel stuck on yet another diet. This podcast is one of those resources. Please be sure to seek out medical advice from a doctor or healthcare provider, as this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. Thank you for being here. Now, let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Andrea here with another solo show. And before I get started, I wanted to do two things. I want to sort of um, put this in the context of time. So I'm recording this at the beginning of May in 2020, and the world is in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the content although I think it'll be applicable to other times. Um, If you listen to this in the future, I feel like it's worthwhile to um, know when I'm recording this. Um, Second of all, I wanted to just um, do a shout out. Uh, Thank you in particular. um, I wanted to thank James. And I wanted to thank James because um, he shared the episode um, on his Facebook feed, and that really means a lot to me. And then I also wanted to give a shout out to Betty. And um, Betty, thank you for posting in the Facebook group about how you enjoyed the last episode, um, which was uh, intuitive eating for intermittent fasters. So I'll link to that episode in the show notes if you haven't already heard that. Um, But both James and Betty, help the show tremendously by both of those actions. So I wanted to just, you know, spend 30 seconds talking about how you can support the show because I've heard a lot of you say that you want me to be recording more episodes. Um, And so uh, if you want to help out, there's a few things you can do. One of them, um, as James did, you could share the episode um, on your feed or, you know, your Instagram, however you want to share it. Um, Just let people know uh, if there's an episode that resonates with you. And um, and then if you are so inclined to do so, you know, um, share a rating or review in your um, podcast apps that lets people know that you find the show to be valuable. Um, and if neither of those things resonates with you, another option is um, I interviewed the founder of The Dinner Daily in um, two episodes back now, Lauren Mills. And um, if you, it's a menu planning service. And especially now with this craziness, having a little bit less to do (laughs) um, to take some stress off your plate. If you want to check out The Dinner Daily, it's, um, they offer a 20% discount off of your first membership if you use the word windowworthy20. So the code is windowworthy20. And I'll link to the episode in the show notes so that you can check it out. Okay, so the goal of today's episode, um, I'm hoping that by the end of it, you'll have an understanding of why focusing on peace of mind when you break your fast is really just as important as peace of mind while you're fasting. 
Uh, and so I wanted to start with talking a little bit about what happens um, to our bodies in a famine. Um, and my research of this is solely for the context of this podcast episode. I don't have any personal experience with this per se, but um, I looked up the definition of famine with, you know, Wikipedia, which, (laughs) you know, take that with a grain of salt. But Wikipedia says that a famine is a widespread scarcity of food caused by several factors, including war, inflation, crop failure, population imbalance, or government policies, This phenomenon is usually accompanied or followed by regional malnutrition, starvation, epidemic, and increased mortality. So I'll link to that that Wikipedia page in the show notes. Um, And I wanted to, um, when I was doing some research for this episode, I did a search and one of the questions that came up was the difference between starvation and famine. And um, what I could discern was that Famine generally is just a a lack of food, but there's still some food available. It's just not enough. And then starvation in comparison seems to be that there's just no food. And um, so a result of starvation often is death. Um, So, but I wanted to, so in this context, I'm thinking about famine. So there's food available, but it's not enough. And so if we think about our eating in the midst of a famine, there would be periods of not enough food, um, and then there would be periods of more food where you eat to stock up, (laughs) basically. So there's this cyclical nature to it of not eating enough and then eating perhaps more than your body would need so that you can stock up when there's not enough food again. So it's this cycle, it's the yo-yo cycle. And I wanted to talk about this because in the context of dieting, a lot of us have experienced this yo-yo dieting phenomenon, if you will. Um, And I'm talking about this right now because I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook lately of people talking about when they first open their eating window, they feel like they're, they're overeating or overdoing it. And I'm, you know, I'm, it's hard to talk about this stuff without using the language that I see, right, or, or that we see as part of our diet culture. So just I'm, I'm going to try to explain this in a way that um, as neutrally as I possibly can. But just know that like there's not really a perfect way to describe all this without using the words that diet culture would have us using. <laughs> um, so again, I've seen posts on Facebook of people feeling like when they first open their window, they're eating more than they should, in quotes. And um, whether that's something that is happening right now because of the coronavirus, or if it's just general, um, you know, behavior before the coronavirus even started, there's this perception that when they first open their eating window, they are overdoing it. And I had a sense that, that this was uh, diety, <laughs> but I couldn't necessarily, and I wanted to talk about it, but I also didn't know how or why it was um, 
it was concerning. And I saw an article a few weeks back, and I, of course, I can't find it now. Um, if I if I do ever come across it again, I'll link to it in the show notes. But I read an article about how binging actually signals a famine to our body in in the same way as not having enough food signals a famine. And I've been, um, for me personally, after reading that, I've been trying to focus more on how I'm eating when I first break my fast to make sure that I'm feeling at peace and that I'm eating mindfully and and not um, not finding myself needing to eat all the things when I first uh, opened my eating window. And it occurred to me, like I wanted to record an episode on this, but I also didn't know how to approach it. Because, um, yeah, so it occurred to me when I was shopping um, one of these past weeks about how this phenomenon of overeating and then not having enough food, there was some similarities to what we're experiencing right now with toilet paper. (laughs) So let me explain. Um, So there's something pretty awful happening right now in the world, um, which is this coronavirus. And there's, um, at least in my grocery store, there's since this happened, there's been a shortage of toilet paper. So what, what's happened? There's been people who have gone to the store and they have stocked up that, um, you know, they've been mentally or they mentally think there's going to be a shortage. And so they go to the, the store and they stock up because there's going to come a time when they're not going to be able to go out. And so the other people now, those of us who didn't stock up on toilet paper, we go to the store and we see that there's a lack of toilet paper. So it, it's a restriction of sorts, right? Like we, there isn't enough toilet paper, we can't buy any. And so that tells us there's a problem. And so now those of us who don't have toilet paper, we're left to, you know, go to the different stores we um, to see if they have toilet paper or we... Um, we stock the toilet paper aisle like you know the next time we go maybe it's the first place we check out to see if there's toilet paper this time um and I'm laughing to myself as like there's going to be a lot of mention of the word toilet paper in this episode um (laughs) so we those of us who don't have the toilet paper though we maybe we go to extremes to now try to find this toilet paper and as soon as some appears I, you know, maybe I'm going to go out and buy more than I would normally have bought because who knows when it's all going to disappear again. So it puts us in this self-perpetuating cycle, right, of either feeling like we need to buy more than we would normally use and not being able to buy any. And how does that cycle end? Well, the cycle ends when the people who are buying too much start to buy a little less and the people who have not been able to buy any, we have to trust that there's going to be some sense of normalcy again. And so the next time we do see it, we have to just buy a normal amount. But it's it's a this is ultimately a learned behavior, right? Like it's going to be really hard to break. Both sides of this extreme have to make a conscious decision to have moderation and we those you know stocking up might feel safer but 
until the supply and the demand levels level out, it's going to feel safer to possibly have more than you might need. But it also is a signal to stocking up is also a signal to yourself and to the people around you who are seeing now the other side of this stocking up and the the shortage. It's a signal that things aren't 100% right. And so how does this translate to dieting? So let's imagine that you know that you're going to start a new diet tomorrow. Um, I I, I know I've experienced this, right? So I'm going to start a new diet tomorrow. What happens? So the night before the diet, there's a phenomenon called the last supper. So I'll probably, you know, eat more than I normally would. um, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to eat all the things I'm not going to be eating while I'm on the diet. Um, Or if you're in the midst of the diet and you have a day where you overdo it, there's this screw it mentality where, okay, well, I blew it for today. I, you know, I'll just overdo it now with the knowledge that tomorrow I'm going to get back on the, the train and diet again. That's the stocking up phenomenon, right? Like our bodies and our minds have us overeating um, so that when we start dieting again, the next day we are prepared, right? Like our bodies aren't going to be starving. And then the diet comes after that. And that's a period of some sort of forced restriction. And we will restrict for as long as we can, whether it be that it's, you know, we only make it for a few hours before we give in and, you know, overdo it again, or we make it for months. Either way, it's still a period of restriction if it's a diet. And so then we get to, we're on this diet and then we get to a place of either, you know, reaching a, a goal weight in quotes or to some sort of a breaking point where we've, you know, we can't take it anymore. And when we get there, we end up falling into this habit or pattern of then breaking, making up for that restriction, that time. So it's now we're done with the diet we've, and we end up overdoing it again. Um, in some way. And and again, I really hate the fact that I have to use like overeat, overdo, like all those things. Like there's not like a neutral way to talk about this stuff. So I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you can um, interpret this in a way that resonates for you, whatever that, whatever that means. So, you know, talking about this overdoing it and then restricting, and then when the restriction ends, either by choice or you know, some breaking point, overdoing it again. This is the cycle. And um, I know I've read in numerous places that one of the the most likely things to happen after a period of dieting is weight regain. And this is why, because you get to that that end point, whatever it is, and then you end up making up for the time that you've been restricting and end up overdoing it. And so now what ends up happening is that you gain more than you maybe lost because your body is preparing for the next time that you're going to restrict again. And the only way to break this cycle, because like the weight regain now is going to trigger the sense that you need to diet again, right? The only way to break this cycle is to commit that you're done with dieting for good, 
right? Like you have to just say, this isn't happening again. I am going to find that moderation point where I'm not stocking up and I'm not feeling restricted. I have to commit to a moderation and finding that moderation as uncomfortable as it's going to be is where there will be uh, an equilibrium point and a place of peace. You have to reduce the intensity of both extremes in order to get out of this cycle. And that involves focusing on rebuilding trust with yourself and prioritizing peace. Peace of mind, peace of body, peace of everything over this cycle that so many of us have gotten used to. Like I dieted for 17 years off and on. Uh, and that that was my habit, right? So um, I wanted to give you some ideas uh, to think about as to why if you are experiencing this overeating phenomenon in your intermittent fasting eating window, I wanted to give you some ideas as to why you might be overeating. And I'm saying it like that because the focus of this podcast really is in finding that lifestyle, right? It's, it's, I don't see intermittent fasting as a diet, but it does depend on making conscious decisions every day that ensure that I'm not on a diet. Uh, and so if you are also trying to have intermittent fasting as a lifestyle and you find yourself overeating when you first open your window, then Maybe you waited too long to eat. Maybe your body physically got too hungry. And so now there's a, um, you know, you got too far into that famine mode or famine mentality, if you will. And now you've opened your window and you're, you're eating more quickly or more amounts than you would have if you were sort of at a steady state. So emotionally or mentally, you felt restricted during the fast that would be another thing like maybe the fast wasn't wasn't peaceful it wasn't comfortable it felt like a restriction either physically or emotionally it felt like a restriction so that would be so I'm sort of getting off track here I've stated two reasons why you might be overeating so far one is maybe you waited too long like you got too hungry two is during your fast maybe you emotionally or even physically felt restricted in some way. So reason three might be that you're opening your window, your eating window with foods that don't actually feel neutral. So what does that mean? So if you're opening your window with, um, you know, in quotes here, healthy foods, you're opening your window with foods that feel safe and healthy to eat, maybe you think that you can actually eat more of them because they're healthy foods, right? So you can have more. Or if you're opening your eating window with unhealthy foods, then if, if in quotes again, like I, if I feel like I'm eating treats when I first open my window, then there's a possibility that I'll actually eat more of them because there's that like an increased dopamine hit, if you will, because I'm doing something that maybe I feel like I shouldn't be doing, or this is a reward for a good fast or something. And all this is so loaded diet language. Um, But you can imagine that if you're eating something that feels like a treat, you might be more inclined to eat more of it when you first open your eating window. 
So that's reason three. Reason four you might be overeating would be that you didn't actually feel fully satisfied from the night before. So that would lead to um, some sort of a dissatisfaction through the duration of your fast, however long that is. Another reason five, number reason five would be that maybe the circumstances that led up to breaking the fast were stressful in some way. And so now you're starting to eat and you're at a place where you're eating for emotional comfort, which there's no judgment in that, right? Like even in the principles of intuitive eating that I read last week, um, using eating, coping, I don't remember the exact words, but coping with your emotions and in non-food ways, like that's not, that's not principle number one. So it's not the first thing that you need to get a handle on to find peace. Um, so if if you do have stress leading up to your break fast, then um, emotional eating could also be a reason why you would overeat. And then reason six, maybe you would be overeating if you feel like you don't actually have enough time to eat slowly. So you feel rushed. So those are all reasons that you might eat more quickly or eat more food than you would otherwise eat if you were from coming from a place of peace. So how do you break this cycle then? If you find when you're fasting that your thoughts are returning to food um, really frequently or you're starting to feel anxious about when you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, I would encourage you to break your fast so that you don't get into that mental place of feeling anxious um, and obsessing about food. This is supposed to be a lifestyle. Your fast doesn't need to start at the same time every day. It doesn't need, or rather your eating window doesn't need to start at the same time every day. Your fasting length is going to change day by day. Like this is a lifestyle. And so focus on maximizing your peace of mind first and rebuilding that trust. And then as you find, you know, the the pace of your eating when you first break your fast is more um, feels more balanced, then consider tweaking your fast or what you eat then, focus on it then, so that you're prioritizing your peace of mind and once you have that peace of mind, then you can tweak things to work towards your health goals and assess how that impacts your peace of mind as you go. If you find yourself overeating a particular food when you first break your fast, um, ask yourself if that's really what you want to be eating, right? Like if I, if I'm really craving my English muffin with peanut butter, and I avoid that for some reason, um, maybe I'm overeating because I'm not actually satisfying the craving that I was having. So eating what I actually want will maybe address that. Uh, And then also, if I'm overeating, see if I can normalize that food a little bit. So if I'm, if I overeat uh, nuts or like I use this trail mix, I'll mix some like salty, crunchy trail mix in with some nuts when I first break my fast. And if I am overeating it on, when I break my window with that, when I break my fast with that, can I incorporate the treat or the the salty crunchy thing into more of my eating window so that it doesn't feel like so much of a treat when I first break my fast, right? It's all about normalizing the food. So incorporate whatever it is that I'm 
feeling like I'm overeating, trying to find ways to incorporate that into my eating window more generally so that it, it feels like more of a normal thing. And then also, um, lastly, to break the cycle, think about change how I'm thinking about the food, right? Like if I have a piece of chocolate, for example, and I feel like I need to have more than I would normally want to have, then I notice this and tell, like, remind myself that I can have this whenever I want. Like, I don't need to have four chocolates now because I can have one now. And if I'm still wanting one later, I can have it again. I can have it tomorrow, right? It's like, if you are able to catch yourself in the moment of starting to feel like you're overdoing it, remind yourself that this isn't a one-time option. You can have it again later. You could have it tomorrow. You don't have to make up for all of that lost time right now. Um, Okay, so just to summarize, because I realize I kind of rambled there, breaking the cycle of this overeating, if break your fast, if you start to notice that you're mentally not at peace, you're starting to feel anxious about food, returning your thoughts to food all the time, don't hesitate to break your fast. Um, if you're overeating a particular food, identify if it's what you really want to be eating and change your what you're eating accordingly or figuring out a way to normalize that food so that it doesn't it's not as prone to overeating when you first break your fast. Uh, and then third it would be changing how you think about the food and just remembering that you can have it later you can have it tomorrow like there's this isn't there's not a limitation here so I hope you found some of these insights helpful uh, and I would encourage you to head over to the Facebook group to share your thoughts you know share your takeaway um, share the episode with friends and family if you think it would mean something to them um, but I, I am committed to recording more frequently again for you and uh, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. And the best place to share that is going to be over in the Facebook group. So um, I hope, again, I hope you found this helpful. I hope that you and your family, uh, your loved ones are safe right now in this time of COVID-19. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks again for listening to the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you may be wondering what happens next. Whenever you are ready, here are three additional ways I can support you. First, head over to the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group. It's made up of people just like you and is a safe space in which to find support and ask questions. Second, the group coaching program based upon my Freedom for Life framework starts up several times a year. The best place to stay informed about that will be in the Facebook group as well. Please share your interest and your email address in the entry questions for the group. Lastly, I do work with a limited number of one-on-one coaching clients. If you resonate with me and my message and want to see if working together is a good fit, please send an email to hello at thiswellseasonedlife.com and I'll reach out to you to set up a time to talk. Enjoy the rest of your day, and remember, your value as a person cannot be measured in inches and pounds.